Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim, your Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Just a few quick things to talk about. You know what? In a couple of weeks, we'll have been putting out episodes for an entire year. How about that? Doesn't feel like it's been a year. And in celebration for our one-year milestone, because I'm all about milestones, we're going to be announcing the winner of our Ghosts of Saltmarsh giveaway in two weeks. That should just about round us out to the end of May. And also, we won't just be putting out one episode, we'll be putting out two episodes. So two weeks from today, we're going to be announcing the winner of our giveaway and putting out a double feature. Two episodes back to back. So if you haven't entered our giveaway, you still have a bit of time. All you need to do is be following us on one of our various social medias. So Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at Knights and Nerds on Twitter and Instagram, and we are Knights and Nerds podcast on Facebook. So just be following us on one of those. Tag three of your friends in a comment, and in that comment also, uh, just let us know what your favorite part of the podcast is so far. And that's it. I think right now we have about maybe 20 people who've entered the giveaway, so your chances of winning a brand new copy of the Ghosts of Saltmarsh Adventure with the special limited edition. Is it limited edition? I don't know. It's the alternate cover. Both covers are pretty cool, but anyways. If you're interested, make sure to do those things that I just said before two Wednesdays from now. Also, if you do want to help me out with planning some stuff, because there's going to be some I think within the next uh, month or two, the adventure is going to reach a point where I really will have no idea what to do. And if you want to help me plan out some stuff that's coming up, you can go to our Facebook page, go to where it says groups and request to join the Dungeon Master group so we can discuss all of the various things that are going on, all of the spoilers uh, without ruining it for everybody else. And you can help me plan out the campaign so that it doesn't suck. And as I've mentioned a couple times before, we are teaming up with some other podcasters. Uh, we've run a couple of like very brief ads in the last uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, we'll continue to do that, and hopefully you check out these other podcasts, and hopefully you enjoy them. And if you're enjoying this show, and I really do hope that you are, you can help us out by telling a friend to check us out. You can leave a rating or review if you want to, or you could go to Amazon and check out some of my fantasy ebooks. They are reasonably priced and fairly decent, I think. The first one is called What Was Forgotten, and I think it's 99 cents? Or if you're just content to listen, that's okay too. All right, let's rejoin our heroes as they finally reach Boldbrook. Let's rejoin Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom otherwise known as Fiance, Vanna, Spruce Lee, and Gilladob Fabblestabble. Uh, what happened last time? We ended up at the city. You ended up near the city. Yeah. Visually, in distance of it. Um, we fought a bear. Gilly, Gilly fought a bear. <laughs> Pump the brakes on this wee business. <laughs> Gilladob fought a bear single-handedly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then, Shirtless. You gotta put that in there. Yes. He tore off his shirt. He had a real witness me moment. And then Vanna, feeling pity for this poor 900 pound creature, scared it away. 
to save its life. You are also confronted by a traveling man who claimed to be a bard, but was, in fact, um, working for what you thought to be a group of assassins, perhaps the group that Martin and Elwyn warned you about, and he was trying to give you a ring. He threw it at us. He, he, was, part of, he was part of the Wu-Tang Clan. It was Red Man, right? That's what we were talking about? Redlam Fane Min. Yes. <laughs> There's a name off the list, and you didn't immediately kill him. You let him go, actually, because he was so terrified and Isn't pathetic. he off the list? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we were foolish on that one, but everyone makes mistakes. Oh, <laughs> he may die yet. <clears throat> we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. He was trying to pass off a ring that would be basically a beacon for his employers to track you down. But you saw through his ruse... You passed off the ring on some other travelers without them knowing, and you ended up within a short distance to Boldbrook. Boldbrook sits at the base of a series of formidable mountains, and the city's pristine stone walls are visible from miles away on a clear day. Even more prominent than the walls are the spires and outlines of several impressive structures, the Temple of Bahamut, the Court of the Sovereign, and the Shrine of Zadir. Zadir is the name of the dragon that died there. All of these buildings are located in the upper part of the city. Boldbrook was built up around the shrine and eventually grew in size, leading to Lower Boldbrook being built below a massive shelf of stone, which forms the base of one of the mountains. So you are still several hours away from it. It's, I think, late afternoon. You still have the wizards with you and the clairvoyant. You forgot dog. Oh, and the dog is still with you. Yeah, he is. We named him. Dog? Yeah, his name's Harrow. Mm. <laughs> Harrow the dog. Harrow the dog. <sighs> okay. I'll probably just keep calling him dog. I like that better. <laughs> so at this point, the one of the two wizards, the tiefling, Osa, asks what will become of them once you go into Boldbrook. They they don't actually want to go into the city. There's too many people around, too much risk of somebody finding out who they are. Where would they go instead? Yeah, that's kind of what they want to figure out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough because I mean, we can only like put our effort into protecting them if they were with us right now. We could possibly like set up a small camp outside of the town, go in and find lodging, first without them so that they could come right in and keep a low cover but otherwise I don't know where else they'd go is there any practitioners of magic like in this region that would be more sympathetic to their cause? The place with the wizard where we were going to meet Lilith? That's what I was thinking, Tall Hill I don't know that that's necessarily going to benefit them. Lilith is going there because this wizard might have a way back to the Underdark. That doesn't necessarily help them, but at least we have a Well, if it was close, though, yeah, it's an ally we have there. and I mean, magic people get along, right? Do we know how far away from Boldbrook this um, wizard is? Yeah, Tall Hill's a couple days. Hmm. So not very far. But, you know, we are potentially being followed, so even leaving them outside of town is a bit of a risk. 
It's not that they aren't capable magicians here or whatever. You're pretty sure that Tiefling has some destruction magic up her sleep. And now Tall Hill, as far as um, would we kind of have an idea of how it's been affected by this kind of recent resurgence of the the Dragonborn? Would we believe that that it's a relatively safe place for them right now, compared to like Pharaoh's Point, which was much more. Um, Obviously, they've kind of overrun it. I think most people would know that Tall Hill is... It's like a village. It's much more remote. Like, you haven't seen any Dragonborn for the past couple of days. Even around Boldbrook here, you don't see... Like, you still haven't seen any sign of them. So, Tall Hill is very out of the way. And really, itself has no value for them to try to go and destroy it. Or, you know, it's just really out of the way. No point in them paying much attention to it. Where on the continent is it compared to Bulbrook? Is it to the, the east or west? It is northwest of Bulbrook. I think that sounds like a decent idea, sending them with them. But it would be nice to send them with some kind of way that we can communicate with them still. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't have... We only have one end of two different sending scrolls. Mm-hmm. Or whatever they're called. Um, maybe in town we'd be able to get get a hold of another pair or like a sending stone or something something that we'd be able to keep yeah, in touch with them like you know? I, I think it's important like if, i don't know i mean we're about to head into a major city presumably there's going to be some kind of shops where we might be able to get something like that but it's also a new city we're going to have a lot to deal with getting in there and we might get tied up in business and not be able to assist them so so for the first for the first day maybe do what you said where we kind of set up a camp outside the town, go in, explore, see if we can at least do kind of a few things right off the bat, maybe pick up some supplies to send them on with because they don't really have anything. Uh, They lost everything, right, from their their cart burned down. Mm -hmm. Um, Pick up some supplies for them, try and see if there's something that we can do to stay in communication with them, come back and then get Faye to set them up with a disguise and send them on their way with contact Kind of, or basically with instructions to look for um, Lilith. We're going to let them take the cart and then we can Ooh. meet them later. Mm. We're definitely going to need a cart to store. Oh no, we've got the. Well, the we. I mean, yeah, we still need to travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not walking. What do they want to do? What are, what are some of their input on what's happening? Because they are. <clears throat> We can't just tell them what to do. They were ta- autonomous before yeah. us. They That's can very true. Have their own opinions still. We come up with this whole plan and they're like, counter offer? No. <laughs> like they're trying to keep him safe. We know that there's an overall mission for themselves. They kind of have their own ideas of what's going on around them. What are their thoughts? Well, they've heard you sort of mention this tall hill place just now. Um, <laughs> like Teller is like has been sequestered for years as far as you know, and the two wizards that are with him are both bookworms. So they know, like, they're not very experienced. They're both very young. Don't have a whole lot of knowledge about, like, they're as, about as well-traveled as Faye. <laughs> so not at all. <laughs> not at all, exactly. And I mean, we are sending them to try and meet up with a presumably fairly powerful wizard mm-hmm. who may have some more input or be able to help them out. Hopefully he's this wizard is on our side. <laughs> I mean, just because Lilith is... Well, uh, it is a major city. It's possible that, yeah, we could set them up outside of town 
and maybe go in and just hire like a, a merchant escort. Like I feel like something like that would be fairly common, like a guard or two to just go and tell them that it's a typical, you know, guarding a merchant in their wares, traveling to this location. He'll be in the cart and we'll tell the other two people to, it's like, look, you're here to drive the cart and make sure they don't get robbed on the road. Not to ask questions yeah. or to go through the merchandise. I don't even know if we need to go into that much. <laughs> if As long as we can get them like either a cart or some horses or something mm-hmm. just to take them. I think if they're in disguise, I don't think they should, they should really have any trouble getting there. I figure this is us talking openly as a whole mm, group. I yeah. wouldn't be excluding any of anyone from yeah. this conversation. So if they're okay with it and they don't want to go into town, I would say let's set up a little camp. They've got that kind of little tent thing that they can set up. Um, and then we can go into town and try and find something to to be able to communicate with them, pick up some supplies for them, and then go from there. All right, so maybe let's ask them what is, you know... This is a few days, this trip, are there specific supplies you would care to have with you, other than kind of the normal food rations and stuff? Much of the important stuff they were able to quickly salvage, like their spell components, their spell books, things like that. But yeah, food was lost, um, it's just basic stuff that they don't have. You probably don't even have to buy them, like, you might be able to just rent a carriage ride. Buy them some supplies, give them a sack of food and rations, and rent a carriage and send them on their way. Either way, I guess we have to head into town and see what's available. I was going to say, we can get in there and then just everything goes to crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Most that certainly is, is likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Last time we left a gate, it went really well, so entering a gate, who knows how it'll happen. <laughs> Do any of the these spellcasters here with us have any spells that would assist with communication, like a familiar that they could send with us into the city or anything that would help? You know, as we go in for the day? Uh, yeah, one of them can do the fine familiar ritual. What's the range on a familiar, though? Or is there a range? Hmm. Yeah, 100 feet. They say that if you can get them a few components, that they can make, like, a scroll of sending, the spell sending, which lets you instantly send a message of 25 words or less to them, wherever they are, and then they can respond to you immediately, telepathically. That would just be a one-time use thing? That would be a one-time use, but they can always cast the spell on their end to talk to you. So we have a day to explore the city a bit and a little bit of a shopping list. All right, so I guess we'll try and kind of find a spot sort of off the beaten trail slightly for them to kind of set up their their camp thing, and then then we head in. They set themselves up. They get a tiny hut going. And you, the four of you, and Dog strike off towards Boldbrook. On the road, uh, there's a like a single person on horseback up ahead going like very slowly. Uh, as you near them, you see it's a, uh, a female who is carrying weapons much similar to Vanna's. Hmm. And as she hears your approach, kind of moves to the side and then like sort of falls into step with you and gives you a, a warm greeting. It says, uh, Hail Travelers. Off to Boldbrook as well, I see. Indeed, indeed. Well met. Don't give my name, but it's like, you can see on my face that I'm about to, and I'm like, ah, ah. yes, well met. <laughs> she says, have you been to Boldbrook recently? I, I, I stay around these parts and your faces aren't familiar. 
I always travel leaving one location for another. You can never stay in one place too long. Yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll be in for a a warm welcome at, at the gates here at Boldbrook. And you detect an edge of sarcasm. And she says it's the paladins, they they ask quite quite a lot of questions at the gates here. It's it's very a uh, very a strict place ever since the the scourge of new life broke out and then and then the dragonborn showing up. It's it's quite the place. It was severe before, but now it's well. I'm I'm sure you'll see for yourselves, but it, it is a it, it is a lovely place. Just wanted to give you a friendly warning that the paladins and the clerics they are an inquisitive group. On the mention of new life, Philadelphia <laughs> uses his mage hand to make sure his vial of new life is safely hidden away in one of his secret pockets. <laughs> Like the person's trying to hide their stash right before going through a check into a bar. <laughs> through customs. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask uh, this traveler if um, she has any tips, maybe things to avoid saying <laughs> or, or anything like that to get in. Or when we're getting in, it's not like we have anything really to hide. But I was going to ask what, what sort of things are they going to inquire about? Oh, who you are, the reason for your visit things like that. These gods-fearing clerics and paladins have the city in a grip like a vice. For all the power they possess, they're afraid of regular folk nowadays. It's difficult enough to come and go as you please. It's been worse since the disappearance of their savior, Kalira. Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> Just if, if she had any tips of maybe specific things to avoid saying, or... Oh. Be... Lawful and respectful, and I'm sure you'll be fine. But if the old rulers were still in power, things would be different. Better for regular folk, at least. Who are the old rulers? Uh, it was before Kalira, the Bearhearts. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Probably shouldn't walk in and tell them that we want some dragon bones right away. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> we probably could come in and say that we're here on business for Kalira and her realm and get a better response. Mm-hmm. And she notices uh, Vanna's sort of gear, and she gives Vanna a nod. She says, my name is Brita. I know a fellow ranger when I see one. Hello. That's a very warm. <laughs> that was the very most withholding greeting I've ever seen. Do you know a fellow bitch when you see one? <laughs> I'm happy to leave it at that. Yeah, rangers can say a lot with very little words. <laughs> I communicate a lot with my eyes. Yeah, in the resting bitch face. Yeah. <laughs> Why say lot word when few word do trick? <laughs> what kind of weapons does she have? Oh, she's got a pretty nice long bow. She's got a long sword. Uh, Gilgad would like to ask what she's doing. She says when when travelers need a little bit of extra protection on the road, or if people in the outlying villages need monsters to be slain, then I like to lend my services. So you're for hire? As Gildob looks to his other team, mm-hmm. Certainly. Hmm. Remind me again. Um, this is not Spruce talking to her. Um, remind me of the name. There's is, there's like a group of people who who like believe that the original that the previous what's his name? Bearhearts. Bearhearts. That the Bearheart is like the true leader. Um, as the brigade, Bearhearts Brigade. Yeah, that's right. Was. Yeah. Um, and they they very much do not um, 
look at Kalira as a leader. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> they they see her as like a formidable warrior. Okay. So they don't necessarily dislike her. They just don't uh, they don't believe that she's kind of the rightful ruler. Rightful you can see ruler. it being okay. that like polite political dislike though, where it's like, sure, we don't dislike her. We just do everything in our power to take her down and throw her out of the throne because <laughs> she doesn't belong there. <laughs> Yeah, I you just worry about that kind of politics. I'm sure there's some nasty business. Well, I worry about hiring someone to protect these people when we've got a teller who might. Yep, good point. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, if he's, she's not on our alignment, even mm-hmm. if she's not against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, best to just keep moving then. Do you have a business card <laughs> somewhere where we might be able to find you in case we do need your uh, skills? I suppose. Oh, yeah. Services. She says, well, I'm just coming off of the, from being on the road for a number of days, so I'll be I'll be staying at the Wandering Jester in Lower Boldbrook. You can find me there. Fantastic. That's great. Are they in need of a musician? <laughs> They're in need of a good musician, in my opinion. Okay, so she goes up on ahead, and you have to sort of wait as the paladins give her a brief interview um you get the idea that they're not as thorough with her because they they seem to know her and so when when you are up next who's going to be taking the lead on the interaction let's maybe um go into this one with a bit more of a plan yeah. than we did last time that didn't work. You. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> um so maybe we can kind of stop short a little bit have a little powwow. I'll take a long side. time to tie my shoes or something. Hmm. Um, what's our cover story? Why are we going in here? If we just say we're going in to get information about how to get dragon bones, they're probably not going to be real happy about that. As I stated like 10 minutes ago, we're here on business for Clara. We need to talk to somebody in charge, is what we said before. The whole point of us coming here was to hope to be able to talk to somebody who might be able to give us some scoop or what's going on around things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then also, side business, trying to see if we can make black market dragon bones from somewhere, which probably won't be from here, but... Right. I don't bring should, that up. Yeah, we'll keep the dragon bone stuff to ourselves. Exactly. I think we should keep the Elwyn, all that kind of stuff, and yeah. the Alliance kind of stuff to ourselves. Yeah, definitely don't mention Elwyn's name, because if they're up in arms about the whole... New life. New life thing. They yeah. know yeah. that he created it. I think but. in general, we can just say we're supporters of Kalira. We had to leave Pharaoh's Point. We have news from there and have some urgency to discuss you know the ongoing support for Kalira with the temple I guess someone in charge yeah Mm -hmm. we're going with like the truth just selective parts of the truth Mm -hmm. best way to lie alright who wants to do the talking hey I'm quite persuasive Mm mm-hmm and we're agreeing on the tactics here, so I feel pretty confident leaving it. To- you have discussed it with me ahead of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Candace knows what you should say. Faye, on the other hand, is <laughs> a little... Uh, well, this was us like, talking to Faye as exactly. well. So your carriage rolls up to the main gate, and there are a number of paladins wearing silver and blue armor. The armor is silver, and they're wearing sort of like blue uh, cloaks. And they sort of like wave you forward, and then there's like one paladin who is in charge, and he goes up to, I guess the, the character of driver's side, I don't know. 
glances at at the uh, four of you and and Dog asks for all of your names and the reason for your visit. You don't have to come up if you just say you give false names or something like that. Then you can do, <laughs> do that. We never discuss that fact. Mm-hmm. Gonna use your improv training. Yep. So Faye would give false names for all of us. You, and you're not gonna make me give up make up names for all of them. <laughs> I guess not this time. I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> Because I know that you've been working on songs, actual song lyrics that will eventually Instead record. Instead of Spruce Lee, it's like, loose free. <laughs> Philadob gabble stabble. <laughs> You're just switching the letters around. <laughs> Hannah Vite Welsing. <laughs> yeah, those ones. Um, and then, sorry, what is it? It's our names and... Reason for your visit. So... We are coming from Pharaoh's Point and fleeing there, fearing for our lives because of the recent Dragonborn takeover. And we have news about Kalira that we need to talk to somebody important or higher up or in charge. Would you be able to direct us to who that would be or what needs to happen so that we can communicate with them? You have news of Lord Kalira? Yes. Has she returned? No. But she might not be where we think she was. I am confused. <laughs> That's why we need to talk to somebody higher up. <laughs> Get your hair done up and speak to their manager. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like um, to speak to the manager, please. Yeah, give me a... I guess it's not totally deception. So I'll say persuasion. 24. So he, the paladin that you're talking to, his eyes go wide and he's like, oh my goodness, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do whatever I can to help you. First, first I need to, you know, ask, ask more questions. Are you bringing any weapons into the city? It's okay if you are. We just need to know what they are. Just the ones we have on us. Any banned substances? Not to my knowledge. Okay. You'll have to roll deception on that with advantage. 20. Okay, so he takes a quick look through the carriage, and he asks you to wait there. He sort of ducks uh, into the gate, and a minute later comes out with another human paladin, similarly dressed, but has sort of like this gold leafing around his, his helmet. You can tell he's a higher rank. So he introduces himself as the captain of the paladin guard. His name is Victor Woodstride. And he says, my men here tell me that you have news of Kalira. Are my ears deceiving me? No, they're not. Uh, So he's the one that is one of Dane's advisors? Yes. The captain of the Paladin Guard is also one of the advisors to Dane Ruby Eye, the high cleric leader of the temple and the de facto ruler of the city. So yes, we have news of Kalira. Says, wow, four unlikely friends, four unlikely travelers bravely escaping from the harrowing state of Pharaoh's Point. He commands his men to step aside. He, they fling open the gates wide, and he says, I will speak with Dane at my earliest opportunity, but for now the, the daylight is waning, and you may not be able to see him this day, but I promise you that I will speak with him as quickly as I can. In the meantime, uh, the four of you should find lodgings. I would... Recommend staying at one of 
several fine inns in our city. The Wandering Jester has the best reputation for Lower Bold Brook, so that's a place very popular with travelers. Okay. I'll send a man ahead to make sure that they have a room ready for you. Thank you. And you give your false names to him? Yes. Because he would ask for those. Okay, at some point, I think we should figure out what those are, because I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) I I think... I don't have any problem. I don't. But this is out of game, technically, not in that giving our real names to them once we've established what's happened. Mm-hmm. Just while we're in the front gate, and there's lots of people around who could hear us, and we yeah, say, totally. "These are our, our actual names. This is who we are. This is why we're coming from here." We hope you can understand, you know, why we yeah. had to. There are spies everywhere right well, now. We want the temple to trust us, but it doesn't, I don't know if we're all unified in like whether we want to really trust the temple like we want to use them for our (laughs) for our goals but and we do know that they're on clearas and yeah but we don't know the whole town and the situation and every guild has its bad apples and all that so yeah we should be careful and like if we talk in truth it'll be in private yeah so i mean like not out in the tavern it would have to be when we get like just one area trust npcs Gilly gives his name out to everyone except the people he knows are on Clear's side. <laughs> Screw that. I couldn't help it when I was on the road. It's like being back in my prime, selling wares out on the roads for the war. It's wonderful. Selling wares, <laughs> taking shares. Mm-hmm. Sitting in chairs. Fighting bears. Fighting bears. <laughs> Amazing. Yours made sense. Battlestar Glute. Okay, so as you go through the city gates you're uh, heading towards the wandering jester you find a place to park your wagon you pay a few gold to have your horses watered and fed and at some point gilly takes a glance at his parchment and there's a note from martin with the name of his operative here in the city a halfling female halfling by the name of marigold swiftvale and he says that he's instructed her to keep an eye out for the four of you. Okay, so you're headed to the Wandering Jester. And sorry, were you wanting to perform this night or are you going to... Yes. So I would go up to the person and I, I always have a place to play according to my traits. All right, the tavern, the Wandering Jester, is several stories high. The main floor is expansive. Uh, but it feels like a small, cozy establishment. It's dimly lit. It's like the smell of, of fresh-cut timber as, as you walk in. There's a roaring. You can smell the smell of, of food, and you realize that you've just been eating rations all this time, and suddenly you're like, man, hot food would be so terrific. And you see, luckily, that the band stage is currently unoccupied. You see another musician who is currently just really getting inebriated. There's a lot of people in here, a lot of tables. You can, after searching for, you know, a minute you've managed to find a, like a booth in the corner if you want. The three of you, I'm assuming the fade does not fade into obscurity. Nope. Make my way right for that stage. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get up there and do a whole introduction of myself and sing the song. 
Oh, I threw a rocket and Umber Hulk, but he hardly flinched. Throw a rocket a bug, I thought, it'll be a cinch. But the world got dark and hazy until my friend ran by, carrying another friend with a potion in her rear end's eye. Oh, what would you do with an Umber Hulk if you came face to face? What would you do with an Umber Hulk standing in my place? Fiance, I said to myself, it's time to be brave. So I turned and ran and ran and ran down a deep dark cave. As the Umber Hulk chased, I said, take my friends instead. I'm not ready, I'm too cute too young to be dead. Oh, what would you do with an Umber Hulk if you came face to face? What would you do with an Umber Hulk standing in my place? People are clapping and there's a couple drunk people who are dancing. People get right into it. Okay, after that, do you rejoin the table? Yes. And I'm assuming... Drinks are bought for me because I'm so amazing and glorious. A number of people do buy, like, your whole table drinks. They're like, oh, that's, a, that's one of the best songs I've ever heard in all my years. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I know. You three, you're lucky to have a companion of this one. <laughs> I tell them all the time. I drink my drink yeah. back. <laughs> I, I raise my glass to that. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> <laughs> I just look at them. Free drinks. <laughs> yeah, you find some... Some of the the um, patrons are are friendly, and while the ale is flowing freely, it's surprisingly orderly environment, which to you belies the strictness of of the sort of like the paladin guards. You even see like some of them filter in and out, like just in their full uniforms. They don't drink anything or don't really talk to people very much. They just like poke their head in to make sure that everything is is fine. Um, can everybody roll me a perception check? 19. 23. 17. 22. Uh, later in the night, you see that Victor Woodstride enters the tavern not wearing his paladin armor. He's just dressed in, like, a nice cloak. He's not trying to sort of, like, hide himself at all. But he is there, you know, to basically enjoy the tavern food and drink. Wave him over. Oh, okay. All right. You wave him over. Um, Bold move. I've been drinking. He sort of sits down next to... Who's on the end? He sits down next to Faye. He says, I was finishing up my rounds and I heard some boisterous music coming from this place. You missed a wonderful song. I played. Everyone loved it, of course. I knew almost immediately it wasn't Dirk. Dirk, who by this time is... Well, as you can see, he's face down in a pile of, uh, pile of empty tankards. I appreciate your offering me the, your, your company this evening. Is there something else that I can help you out with? Some reason you've summoned me to this table? Just wanted to say hi. You're the only person we really know in this town. <laughs> you came in. Maybe say thank you for, you know, sending someone ahead to get our, our rooms and everything. We appreciate that. And he says, um, well, I was meaning to ask you. You've come from Pharaoh's Point, and I hear many, many stories about the way things are there right now. And I hope that many of them are exaggerations and tall tales, falsehoods even. But can you tell me how how bad is it really? It's bad. When we came up from like when we came up from underground, it mm. talked about how much worse it was. New life is running rampant, and houses are burning down, and it's sort of chaos. Well, probably noticed that the city watch is very vigilant here, and that's because new life is slowly making its way here as well. We've been very cautious and very 
wary about who we let in and the goings-on of the peoples in the city. And it's regrettable that we are almost behaving like tyrants, but it's necessary to keep people safe. He takes uh, like a long drink from his tankard and he says, you know, I've heard someone talk about dragon bone being able to cure new life. What do you, have you heard the same thing? Are you looking confused because you don't remember him talking about that? Or are you just pretending that you don't know? I'm, just, I'm asking that. Don't remember who talking about that. We've been told this before. Have we? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I like, you guys are all confused. I not remember that. <laughs> Martin had, in one of your attaching meetings, Martin had said that that was a rumor that somebody had heard traveling from Bullbrook. Well, dragon bones are quite amazing things. I mean, if anything was going to have the power to cure a new life, it's possible. Yes, yeah, so do the four of you plan on visiting the shrine? I'm sure we'll have to at least see it. Mm-hmm. It is a sight to behold. You can feel, feel the raw power even still. That is just a pile of bones. Nothing more. Well, I shouldn't speak so dis- dismissively of it, but uh, one wonders what, what it would be like to find a cure to this terrible scourge. You've got dragon bones here, but you've never tried it? Oh, don't desecrate them. Remember, they wouldn't do anything to the dragon bones. They like worship them like a shrine. Fair enough to ask him, though, as your character. Yeah, he to measure his response. He eyes you and he says, "Well, if you were me, what would you do? Or let me ask you this: If you were Dane Rubii, what would you do?" I understand that you have a, a certain ideal about these the bones here, but. If you're so up in arms and, and afraid about new life and what it might do, certainly I have to believe that maybe you have, uh, or maybe Dane has other connections where he could try and get some other source of, of dragon bones, at least to try to see if it would help, if it's something that's that big of a concern to you. It's common f- common knowledge that the giants up north have collected a lot of them and that there are other sources of bones out there. So while this specific shrine is worshipped here from this gold dragon, presumably there has to be some other way that, that they could get another dragon bone from somewhere else to at least test this theory that, that it may cure new life if the fear of new life coming to the city is that big, or, or if it seems like that big of a threat, isn't it worth it to try to try and see if this would actually work? Well said. Well said, my elf friend. And he says, you know, not many people know this, but I feel as though I can trust you. You know that Dane, I shouldn't say Dane, the temple pays an offering to the giants every year, the ones up north, to keep them there, fighting amongst each other. They think it's good sport, just brawling and killing each other and works fine for us. But it's a terrible tax that we have to pay to keep them from coming down here and looking at us as their sport. What's the offering? Steel, gold, trinkets. So if someone got rid of the giants, you wouldn't have to worry about that? Aye. And they would have Dragonbone? He nods. Interesting. Certainly Dane would would like that, but the cost would be many lives, I fear. Certainly Pharaoh's Point can't offer any help. So would be many brave Northmen who would pay the price. North women. He looks at Vanna. North women as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Doesn't look at Faye. 
<laughs> You're talking to a woman right now. <laughs> well, Vanna looks more intimidating. Uh, okay. I was kind of hoping we would weed out that he would know where some black market of bones was, but this isn't really working out for us. <laughs> he um, finishes the ale in his tanker and he says, well, if I had a small quantity of the stuff, no matter where it came from, I think it'd be worth trying. To cure could save hundreds, if not thousands of people. But he kind of shrugs and he says, maybe it's not meant to be. Hmm. Giladab is like, well, you clearly care about this a lot. Um, you must have someone in mind then who's actually working towards this cure. And he he shrugs and he says, well, I've, it's just a rumor that I've heard. Maybe it's nothing. You seem very invested for nothing. Well, I mean, the hope. Can I do some insight, I guess, to see if he's keeping something back? Sure. Too bad it's not dragon born bones. <laughs> you got like tons of those. Yeah. 22. 22 insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he says that he thinks it's just a hope, you get the feeling very strongly that he's that he might actually know somebody who's working on it, but he doesn't want to reveal that to you. Gildab will say, I understand your need for be, to be secure, and I'm sympathetic to your your desire to want to find a cure. If there's ever some way that you could put us in contact with someone, maybe the sharing of information could uh, progress towards working on this cure. I don't want to like ply the information fully out of him, but to say that like, if you think on it and you change your mind and you want to ever have us like talk to your connection we'd be willing to like work towards a cure maybe even just kind of conveying that being that we came from pharaoh's point and how it's so rampant there you know we kind of have firsthand knowledge or or we've seen firsthand how the kind of good that a cure could do and the value that it would have i I don't know if we haven't really conveyed that our plan is to go back there at all but that having that kind of knowledge we you know we have connections there still that could definitely benefit from having that knowledge or mm-hmm. or spruce makes a good point if we were able to be in touch with someone who's working on this issue we might be able to mediate between people we know from pharaoh's point and work on this problem together victor is taking this all in and he's nodding and he's sort of looking around as the the tavern is becoming a little bit more and more empty and he says i will think on these things the four of you do seem to be a resourceful, surprisingly resourceful group. I fear that we may not be able to speak in anonymity much longer with crowds becoming more scarce. So I'll leave leave you and send for you in the morning when, or the whenever Dane is prepared to see you. And he gets up and leaves. Yeah, we've got like rooms here, but we've got our people outside to recheck on and... I guess it was afternoon when we got in and going through the gate and everything probably. I don't know if markets are still open, so that might have to be a morning thing. But Gilladon would definitely be concerned about checking up on our our friends outside of the city. Yeah, go close to the wall on whatever side they were out from and send my bird up in the air or whatever. So tell us about these rooms. Do they have a chaise? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely above average, and you can see why this place was recommended to you. And 
even through the windows, you can get like this view of Upper Boldbrook, like these massive stone steps going up and like this temple and the court and the shrine. You can see all that. And, and even at night, you can see paladins marching around, making sure that everything is is on the level. Um, Giladab, you sort of venture out close to the wall. You send a send your bird familiar out. Mm-hmm. Is it a bird? It's the owl? I guess, I guess I would, would have time to repair. Yeah, I'll have an owl. Night vision is probably key. Right, yeah. So the owl sort of flies around and can't quite see anything because the tiny hut spell protects them from view. But after flying around like erratically a little bit, you think that they've sort of caught on that this is you. Mm. So they, you get a sending spell, right, like right to your brain, and they and they basically say we're secure. Haven't seen anyone pass in many hours. If things are unwell or if we don't see you by this time tomorrow night then we will then we will be on our way and you can respond now with a, a brief message telepathically okay. as well yeah we'll tell them where we're staying we've managed to gain entry and that we'll try to acquire supplies and uh safe transport safe transport for them tomorrow cool all right so um, night passes, long rest. Does anybody need to get back up on hit points or spells or anything like that? No, but on my way back to the tavern, I think I will leave a little bit of a, um, thieves, what do they call that? The thieves can't sign outside of the tavern, some symbol indicating wanting to meet or, or something to that extent, just in case someone of the guild walked by, they would know that someone was in there. With, like, an open invitation. Cool. Okay. Morning. The following day. It's sunny, but colder than you're used to because you're further north. Uh, What do you do in the morning? You don't think that uh, Victor will come for you for the meeting quite. So you, you probably have, like, a few hours to go and do whatever. To the market! (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, the earlier we can get stuff to to them and get them on the road, I think the better because our plan is to stay here. So, uh, what uh, what exactly is it that you're wanting to I mean, Giladab would go to the market because he'd also be keeping his eye out for um thieves can't signs. But food and rations and then possibly like a hired cart for them. Oh, and some magical components. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we need some magical components, some rations, and rent-a-cart. Yeah. Is there a rent-a-cart? Maybe keep our eye out for something like a, a scroll or a sending stone, but I imagine those would be real pricey even if we can come across mm-hmm. them. So keep our eyes out. But um, And I also wanted to check out uh, maybe like an armory or something, so a weapon shop, mm-hmm. just to check out the maybe these special... Um, oh, the wood. They, yeah, magically enhanced ammunition. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe pick up some, some cool magic arrows for my bow. Even if we're here, if I have to commission something, mm-hmm. I could use an upgrade. Just the ammunition? I don't know. Are I'm there, interested in think, a new bow. Yeah, if there's actual like weapons as well that are magically enhanced from this wood, then definitely look for that too. Yeah. Maybe a nice new a glaive, something like that. Yeah, a new bow. Glaive would work. If the shaft was was wood, mm-hmm. so you've got. Here's a question though: with your Kensei shaft. thing, yeah, you have an ability at like I think at level eight or nine. It's one of the later ones where it says that you can add 
a like to imbue you can enhance it basically give it a, pl- a plus one plus two or plus three based on spending key points but that it doesn't work on a magical weapon, oh. which I don't know. I mean, the way that I worked around that was by giving you a clamp, right. the glaive be gone, which yeah. isn't, which is, it's is what's the weapon itself. And it it's the clamp that's giving one. you the plus one. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're right. So that's my sharpen the blade at 11th level. Oh, all right. Let's throw it's a ways, ways away. Yeah. Okay. You're able to find food rations pretty easily. Like Bullbrook is a hub for a lot of, travelers pilgrims adventurers so like food rations is like basically going to adventure guide or whatever you know you can buy like pre-packaged stuff there's a whole there's a whole section of like dehydrated foods that chicken teriyaki all that (laughs) all that stuff for a cart were you looking for like actual like an actual armed escort like like sort of a mercenary type thing or were you because you can find either I mercenaries that you can like hire a traveler's cart kind of thing would probably be all right that's what i was going to say you can also find other travelers who have room and are offering mm. spaces in their in their wagon or in their caravan of wagons yeah for for fairly little gold for basically other people it might even be more inconspicuous by mm-hmm. sending them with like just a group of general travelers mm-hmm. maybe Faye could even help them set up a little disguise slash backstory that they're simple travelers with their simple brother <laughs> teller. <laughs> Don't worry, he's a yeah. little slow in the head and he rambles, but you can't take any of that too seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for a set of spell components, uh, the cost the cost of that is more than just like for one single scroll, but they're going to make you one scroll and they'll have some stuff left over. So the... Oh. So, like, the ticket price would be 50 gold for some spell components. Are you wanting to try to haggle a bit? Can I try to use my insight to tell what's a fair price? Sure, yeah. 12. You're you're not sure if 50 is... I mean, you don't really mess around with spell components all that much yourself. Yeah. Or do you? I don't know. I have some, but I have a very small list of spells that I use. And, you know, with the markets the way they are... Mm. Sure. I guess I'll... Pay the 50. And ammunition for Spruce and Vena. What quantity are you looking for? They're rendered from this forest outside the city, and the forest is receiving this sort of magical boon from the effects of the dragon bones from being in the area. Like, you could even see the forest from, from your entry, and the trees are... Like, larger than any natural forest that you've seen. They look like old-growth redwoods almost. Not that tall. So rather than, like, some sort of elemental magic for the ammunition, they're just general stronger, yeah. but magical. Magic, yeah, magic yeah, ammunition. Okay, so what what would be what would we be looking at kind of at a price point on these? Like, let's say if we just wanted... So, yeah, these are, like, one-use items. So like a plus one, we'll say is five gold, a plus two, 15, and a plus three would be 30. I'm more in it for the bow. I'm going to be the, the more, but that's just probably substantially more expensive. Okay, yes. So for actual weapons, a plus one weapon of any variety is considered uncommon. 
And the price range again for that is between 100 to 500 gold pieces. Well, Gildab would at least, I mean, even if it's not right away available, we'll probably be in town for at least a couple days. So, yeah, I'd be interested even if I had to, like, commission one. Well, Spruce is going to pick up 10 of those, the plus one arrows. Would it even be possible to get a plus two short bow? It would be possible to get a plus two short bow. So now you're looking at the same, that'd be basically... 500 for that, yeah. That's pretty awesome, short bow. All right, so Spruce bought some ammunition. Gilladob and Vanna and Spruce are going to mull a little bit more Mm -hmm. on what uh, what they're going to purchase before they go back to Bloodbath and Beyond, perhaps to make additional purchases at a later date. Gilladob and Faye venture out of the city you hand off like food rations and some spell components to the wizards they're very grateful they whip you up like a real quick scroll scroll of sending they give that to you and they hop on this series one of these carts that you've arranged for them and they are off to tall hill presumably we gave them like the contact information this is who you're looking for right so they know kind of who to Oh, yeah, and what to tell um, Lilith Lilith, mm-hmm. so that she knows probably something personal or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> How did you and Giladov first meet? And then that's the secret information that lets her know that we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he saved my life and then looked as though he immediately regretted it. Well, he re- and then knocked me unconscious, robbed me of all my possessions. But in the end, he was a nice enough guy. But what better, like, little tidbit to be like, how do I really know you're friends with Gilda? Oh, he said he knocked you out and stole all your stuff. Okay, and so it is early afternoon. You are back at the Wandering Jester when you hear the heavy footsteps of armored individuals coming down the street. You glance out the window and you can see that a number of paladins have are waiting outside. One of them enters and you have a knock on your door a few minutes later. Victor is there. He takes off his his helmet, and he's looking much more formidable back in his his heavy armor and his uh, blue cloak. And he says, "All right, the four of you, we have an appointment with the High Cleric of the Temple of Bahamut. I must warn you that Dane is very slow to trust people outside of the temple, and also very slow to trust people outside of the city. So be honest and forthright with him." And I, I should also ask you, and he sort of like leans in our discussion last night. It's, it's best that that remains between us. Experiences from people that I just know. 
The best part is, you know amazing people too. So listen to My Wax Museum and then spend five minutes daily listening to someone you know. You'll be amazed at the stories they have to tell.